Thursday evening, George's Old Capitol Museum will close its doors for the final time at the Old Capitol Building in downtown Milledgeville. Tomorrow afternoon, the public is invited to take one last look at the current museum before it packs up its artifacts and embarks upon a new future at the train depot on the campus of Central State Hospital. In this edition of the Arts Update, Museum Executive Director Amy Wright talks about a few of the exhibits that make Milledgeville's history come to life for her. George's Old Capitol Museum will soon be relocating. We are planning to move into the train depot at Central State Hospital, where we will have about double the space to expand and have a theater and a wedding venue, meeting venue, a food service, bookshop, as well as have the museum with exhibits on Central State Hospital and on the African-American contributions to the making of Milledgeville. Tomorrow evening, we are offering an opportunity for people in the community to take one last look at the exhibits. And then we'll also have renderings of the new museum at the train depot at Central State Hospital. And so for that reason, we're calling it One Last Look, One First Glimpse. And we hope people will drop in free of charge between 2 p.m. and 6 p.m to share memories of their experiences, their visits to the museum, and enjoy refreshments with us. The museum actually began as the brainchild of the 2000 Baldwin Committee back in the early 1990s. In 2001, at the invitation of General Peter Boylan, the museum located in the Old Capitol building. It was a marriage of history, a marriage of history of this county and the city and the Oconee River Basin and the history of this fine building. When the capital city was laid out, there were four public use squares. We're standing on the 20-acre square that was designated for the State House. The State House was built around 1806, and it was first opened for the legislature in 1807. This was also the scene of the Secession Convention in 1861, the event at which the decision was made for Georgia to secede from the Union. And when General Sherman and his Union forces came through Milledgeville on the march to the sea, they held a mock section of the legislature upstairs and declared Georgia back in the Union. So there's a lot of history in this building, and there's an awful lot of history in this museum. There are pieces in every gallery that speak to me personally. Oftentimes, these are not pieces that visitors would notice right away, but they're pieces that really have something to say about the artist or about the period. In the Native American gallery, there's a small pottery pitcher, probably about eight, nine inches tall. It's a very interesting pitcher, but to me, the thing that makes it so outstanding is the handle. The handle is a rabbit. You would almost miss it if you weren't looking for it. But it says a great deal about the Indian that made the piece because it obviously was someone who did not have to worry about war, about water, about food, about a place to live, and had the time to actually observe nature and to create something with his hands. 
We're looking at the Big Indian. This is a reproduction statue that was carved by the sculptor John Sermons, and it's of a Indian that represented the Creek Indians, and it stood outside the Big Indian Saloon. The Big Indian Saloon was about where the parking lot behind the Mary Vincent Library is located today, and it was a rather notorious saloon. So notorious, in fact, that when the saloon caught fire, the men who frequented the tavern launched an effort to put out the flames by engaging a bucket brigade and passing the buckets of water and throwing them on the fire. And according to the story, the same gentlemen's wives came in hoop skirts and fanned the flames to try to burn the building faster. I often laugh when I hear that story about the two lines, the fanners and the dowsers. This is kind of always where I conclude my tours, particularly with students. And this represents a family that came to Milledgeville probably as slaves sold in the slave market right here on this ground. And then after the Civil War, they went to school, they went to Eddy High School, they got an education, here's a report card, here's a, a business card, and we have births and we have information about their lives, letters that they wrote. And then we have here a picture of an unknown Medlock descendant in a car, in a suit. And what a long way they come from the manacles at this end to the suit and the car at this end. And what really made the difference is what is in between education. So I often tell students that come through, this is the important thing that you need to take away from the museum, that when you learn to read and write, you can do anything in life. You can be whatever you want if you can read and write. You can learn about your history, you can learn all about the Native Americans that were in this area. You can learn all about the frontier years. You can learn all about the Civil War, the Reconstruction years, the, the building of the Central State Hospital known as the Asylum before that. But you have to learn. So while you're in school, take advantage of every opportunity to read and write and remember the Midlock family that started as slaves in chains and because they were able to learn to read and write, ended up as prominent contributors and business people in Milledgeville. Well, thank you so much for coming by the museum. We'll be locking our doors for the final time tomorrow evening at 6 p.m. And so I'm really glad that you were able to come by and help me invite all the community to come for one last look and a first glimpse. Thank you. Georgia's Old Capitol Museum will host the last look, first glimpse, tomorrow between 2 and 6 p.m. The public is invited to this free event that takes place on the ground floor of the Old Capitol in downtown Milledgeville.